Welcome to La Mezcla Latina, where we discuss all things music, culture, career, and lifestyle regarding the Latinx community. I'm your host, Dominica, and I can't wait to chat in this week's episode. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn more about La Mezcla Más Pura. Welcome back to another episode con Amesca Latina. I am kind of really stoked about this episode. Um, honestly, the reason why I wanted to talk about books is because I I used to be a bookworm. And then recently at my job, I started joining the, um, the book club. And we read books every so often, like almost every other month. But I realized that last year when it was Hispanic Heritage Month, I picked up two books by Latina authors. Uh, the first one is You Had Me at Hola by Alexis Daria. And then the second one is I Am Not Your Mexican, I Am Not Your Perfect Mexican Daughter by Erika Sanchez. And I read the first one, I believe, but then I got halfway through the second one. I never finished it. And um, I honestly forget. I usually can't like let a book go in the halfway through so I need to get back on on that but I it got me thinking I'm like okay so at work we're reading all these books but I kind of want to read something and you know support uh, Latinos right so I went on you know Google like everyone and I searched the top Latinx uh, authors and I got a bunch of different websites and I looked through all of the lists but there seems to be kind of like a pattern uh, about which ones um, are recommended. So I thought, hey, you know what, even though usually these are more fun when the person reads um, the book and they recommend books to other people, I thought it would be better to keep it neutral since I haven't read these books. I think not having a biased opinion on whether it's like, this is what you like, this is what you didn't, I can just go through and read what authors there are and what the book is about, like the little bio for every book. And, you know, there's long lists, so I'm going to try to keep this short. I don't want to keep it too long because I do want to do a part two when it is Latinx Heritage Month, um, Hispanic Heritage Month, Latino Heritage Month, whatever you want to call it, in September around that month because I feel like that is just like the perfect time to highlight even better um better new finds that I can come across from today till then, you know? So let's just get started. So I just wanted to read the um, beginning bio of this article first because I think it's it's interesting the way that it opens up the list. It says Latinx literature or the corpus of works produced by people of Latin American origin or descent covers a vast depth of stories that span borders, experiences, and generations. Though we can trace its rich and vibrant history all the way back to the 16th century, modern Latinx literature as we know it didn't take shape until the 20th and 21st century. Today, Latinx authors are on the forefront of literary development, powerfully reshaping cultural imagination and defining their own identities in the context of diaspora, displacement, and migration. Whether you want to revisit classic luminaries like Isabel Allende and Julia Alvarez or scope out fresh contemporary voices like Andy Cruz, we have the best of Latinx writers here in this post. Without further ado, here are 20 Latinx authors that belong on your list. So that's the beginning um, but like little beginning intro from this article. And the reason why I read this is because the other ones really don't introduce the importance of Latinx literature as much. Um, It's more so to 
to just shop at their stores. So maybe I didn't, I mean, I know I obviously didn't look at all the, uh, all the articles, but I, I like that little intro. So let's just get into it. Like they said, so first they have Isabel Allende and the book that they recommend from her is the house of spirits. So I think it's interesting that they said, um, you know, she's a classic because if I feel like if you don't really read Latin, um, uh, Latinx literature or know much about her, then you wouldn't know that she was one of the classics. So I, I, I like that um, because I didn't know that. And this book, it says, what started out as a letter to her dying grandfather uh, soon became the House of the Spirits, a fantastical fa family saga that marked Isabel Allende's debut as a novelist. Just as Allende had to navigate the choppy waves of a post-colonial ch uh, Chile's political instability, the novel chronicles the ups and downs of three generations of the Truba. I hope I said that right, family as they live through revolutions and dictatorships. The story starts with the side byline Clara de Valle and ends with her kind-hearted granddaughter, highlighting not only the lives of women in 20th century Chile, but also the depths and strengths of the culture that keeps them going. This sounds very interesting because I feel like this relates a lot to a lot of us you know, um, millennials, maybe Gen Zs who are living, uh, and are not, you know, their first, we're first generation. So hearing that this book goes through three generations is very interesting. Um, I'm probably going to say that word a lot, but I, you know, honestly, I want to add this to my list, so I'm probably going to get it, but let's see what other ones there are. So next is in the time of the butterflies by Julia Alvarez. Um, I do recall reading some stuff from this, um, in college, I believe. So let me just read the bio. It says, it's the late 50s. Rafael Trujillo is a dictator of the Dominican Republic and the Mirabal sisters are fast becoming a force to be reckoned with in the world of Palestine activism against his reign. As Julia Alvarez in the time of the butterflies exquisitely portrays the four young women, Patria, Mirabela, Maria Teresa, and Dede, distributed pamphlets under the codename Las Mariposas, or The Butterflies. While this powerful novel is a fictionalized account of these legendary women's lives, the resounding voices that Alvarez gives the Mirabel sisters reminds readers that the struggles they courageously faced, both as women and as citizens of a police state, were very real and very deadly. So if you guys don't know about the sisters, I did cover this in one of the episodes. I think it was for Women's History Month um, back in March, I believe. So if you want to check that out, you should. But uh, yeah, these sisters died um, basically being activists for the people um, that were under this dictatorship. And from what I recall reading in college, this was this was a good one. Um, I don't think I read the whole thing. I think we read like scripts from it. But um yeah, I think this is a great way to learn, even if it, like the bio said, is it's fictionalized. I think it's a great way to learn how they were, um, you know, living through something that was very scary, especially because, you know, in the 50s, trying to be a woman with a voice just wasn't, you know, the thing back then. Um, so moving on to number three, we have 100 Years of Solitude by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Um, it says, not only is it a pillar of Hispanic literature, 100 Years of Solitude is also proof of Gabriel Marcia Marquez's trailblazing role in developing the genre of magical realism. 
It's a story of Macondo, a utopia founded on the bank of a river somewhere in soon-to-be Colombia by the Buendia family. In the following decades, as they try to build their own world separate from the emerging nation, the Wendias will have to come to terms with their heritage and complex world that's taking shape around them. Um, I think it's, I I like that this is a a book from the point of view of someone that's living in Colombia. From what I've read in the other list, a lot of it is the same, um, you know, Puerto Rico, Cuba, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I feel like sometimes it's nice to see a little bit, um, a wider, like a wider lens, like someone from a different country, like their perspective, you know? So I like that. I, you know, I, this is, this one seems very fictional because, you know, it's going into the genre of magical realism, but it also sounds like it's very um, relatable in terms of, you know, having to kind of assimilate to what is being grown around you, you know, which I feel like a lot, it's a theme that a lot of us can relate to. Um, so number four, we have When I Was Puerto Rican by Esmeralda Santiago. And so it says Esmeralda Santiago is the author and former actress who graduated from Harvard before going on to write books and found a film production company with her husband. But before she created a successful career as a storyteller, she was a girl living out her tropical childhood on the island of Puerto Rico. When her parents' marriage fell apart, her mother uh, brought Santiago and her siblings to New York, which was when everything changed. Her memoir, When I Was Puerto Rican, recounts that journey being with Santiago trying to find her place in a new culture using a new language. I think this is a very um, good way to hear about that. You know, because you hear... Puerto Ricans, Boricuas, all this stuff like from the mainland and from, you know, the island. And so I feel like this is a cool read to have that perspective, you know. Um, but if we move forward, number five, it says Woman Hollering Creek by Sandra Cineros. I, again, apologize if I butcher any of these names. But this one says, Sandra Cineros grew up at the border between Mexico and America, and her critically acclaimed short story collection provides an astounding glimpse into into that experience. Divided into three sections covering childhood, adolescence, and then adulthood, these vignettes of seemingly stereotypical Latinx characters reveal just how complex their lives and experiences are. From religion to feminism, from first to third person point of view, Cineros' um, tales are varied both in themes and in style, making Woman, Hollering Creek, and other stories a colorful and invigorating short story collection that's difficult to put down. I think this is a cool, like, you know, how you have those TV shows that you have in the background. I'm not saying it's important, but I feel like that's what this would be since it's short um, stories. It's a short story collection. It's not like a one through novel. I feel like this would be one of those good books to you know have on the nightstand. Um, but moving on to number six, we're only going to do 10 for this episode. Um, I guess my number six, I wanted to be the one of the books that I had told you I read um, that I picked up last year. So it's called I Am Not Your Perfect Mexican Daughter by Erika Sanchez. It says, Julia Reyes is brash, confrontational, and sarcastic. Here's what she is not, your perfect Mexican daughter. That's Julia's sister, Olga. But when Olga dies in a tragic bus accident, Julia suddenly expected to fill in some shoes that are a lot bigger and scarier than she ever thought possible. 
A heartfelt, honest snapshot of Mexican culture, I Am Not Your Perfect Mexican Daughter is a stunning exploration of a number of themes from the immigration experience to anxiety and depression. And while Julia might not make the perfect Mexican daughter, she will make the perfect protagonist for fans of the absolutely true diary of a part-time Indian and and Jane the Virgin. So this book just has, you know, a lot of POVs and then things just just things going on and this is the one that I finished halfway through but I truly do recommend that you read this and Erika Sanchez the author is super 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 nice but okay next book this one is called Lost Children Archive by Valeria Luiselli 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 uh, this says it was published in 2019. The Lost Children uh, Archive is more timely than ever. Amidst the heightened immigration crisis throughout the world, a family of four, mother, father, a son, and a daughter go on a road trip from the north to the south axis of America. But the adults are not just having an adventure. Both are searching for something to help them and others make sense of the situation that they're living in. Ruiselli's combination of real-life experiences with fictionalized segments make the novel both introspective and heartwarming. Um, This one really caught my attention just because, like the short bio says, it's so timely to what's going on now and, like, the transition for so many families. So this is one I really do want to read, and I feel like everyone could benefit from that perspective because she does incorporate, um, you know, real life experiences. So I'm just going to read three more recommendations because that makes this 10. So this one's called The Sound of Things Falling by Juan Gabriel Vasquez. It says, Juan Gabriel Vasquez generational, The Sound of Things Falling begins with a hippopotamus on the loose from a drug kingpin's uh, zoo, and it only escalates from there. Our narrator is Antonio Yamada, whose life changes dramatically the moment he befriends an ex-pilot named Ricardo Lavendere in a shadowy billiard um, hall in Bogota. When La Verde is shot dead on the street, Yamara uh, takes it upon himself to investigate his murder. The ensuing adventures gives readers an explosive, undaunted look at one of the most defying periods in Colombian history, that of a flourishing cocaine trade, cold-blooded drug cartels, and an increasingly desperate uh, war on drugs. But I think this is a good read to have that um, that knowledge, even if it's fiction, I feel like it's just so different than what majority of non-Latino books write about, you know? So I that's the one that I added on my list. And then the other one was My Mother Was a Fighter by Aha Monet. And so it says, the youngest person ever to win the legend, uh, legendary New Yorican Poets Cafe Grand Slam title, Aya. Aha Monet delivers a thunderous poetry collection in her 2017 publication of My Mother Was a Fighter, a Freedom Fighter. So it's divided into three parts, the inner city chants, the witnessing, and the undressing a wound. Um, It says the book exquisitely tackles a range of topics, including race and racism, sexism, genocide, love, education, police brutality, diaspora, poverty, and death. At once a gut punch um, and a beacon of hope, this poetry collection is an unmissable look at one Cuban-American's experience growing up in East New York in the south of um, south side of Chicago and what really caught my attention of this is that it is a poetry book so it's not your typical novel and I think this is a great way to get those stories because you know when you 
you, you can express so much from poetry. So um, I, I honestly didn't know until I read this list um, the other day that she had won that award, the Cafe Grand Slam Award. So I think that's really, really cool, and especially since she was the youngest. So the last book that we're going to recommend is this one called Dominicana by Angie Cruz. The, so the bio says, when 15-year-old Ana Cancion says yes to a man twice her age and moves to America to secure her family's fortunes, she cannot expect the future that she is about to embrace. Trapped on multiple fronts in a loveless marriage, in a decrepit walk-up apartment, and in a country whose language she cannot speak, Anna can only start to hope again when she meets Cesar, a free spirit who helps her imagine the possibility of a different, short, a different sort of a life in America. Shortly Listed for the Women's Prize for Fiction in 2020, Dominicana is a timeless portrait of the immigrant experience, and as Angie Cruz herself puts it, um, a searing valentine to all the unsung Dominicanas in the world. And I thought this was a great, great, great perspective of an, a different type of story that you probably don't hear as often. I know I, I don't hear this as often, but I think a theme that we can see in a lot of these books is that, you know, the immigration experience and this and that, because, you know, it's like, like we said before, it's very timely and it's something that a lot of people are experiencing and is story is different from every perspective. One thing that I, that stuck with me from college, from one of my professors, when one of my Latinx professors, they said, um, your story is not unique because everyone goes through the same theme, but everyone's struggles are very different. And so I think that's great that all these books are kind of talking about the same thing, but everyone's story is different, right? Because these are all different books. So I hope you got some great recommendations. I know you probably were like, okay, I could have just read the article, but there's just so many different recommendations and these were the ones that stood out to me. So maybe they'll stick out to you. And then I have an ask. I've been wanting to read books and you know that are written in Spanish. Could be about anything, but you know just written Spanish. Um, so if you guys have any recommendations, let me know. You know either DM me or or whatever is easiest. But thanks so much for listening, and I hope you find a new summer read. <laughs> That's gonna be it for today's episode. Again, thanks so much for listening. Please make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mezcalatina Pod. That's P O D. And again, don't forget to tune in every Wednesday for a new episode to learn more about la mezcla. Más rica.